0: I have that, uh, that thought with all of my businesses. If it's never about the customer, now it's if my employees happy, then the customer will be happy. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So y- if you take that that idea, then and, and apply it to the, p- the people in your team, and, and make, it's all about emotion and ensuring that they're happy day to day. Everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. Like really worrying about a customer's experience, and to the detriment of your staff is is. There's going to be a point where it all crashes. Yeah. Um, and I, from a sort of mental health perspective, we've seen some really high-profile uh, suicides mm. in the last couple of years in, in our industry, and that has definitely shined a bit more of a light on, yep. on the industry and its issues.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Humans with Luke McCredden. I'm Luke McCredden, and the voice you heard off the top is Michael Beschetta. Michael is an amazing guy, an amazingly successful guy in the world of hospitality. I was stoked when he agreed to have a chat on the podcast. He's been involved in a wide range of projects within his industry, including working at a place called Attica. In his time there it was in the top 50 restaurants in the world. He currently owns and operates Melbourne restaurant Capitano, and Melbourne Wine Bar Bar Liberty. He's also the co-founder and co-owner of the incredible Worksmith, and as you'll hear very shortly, it's a thriving hub for all people in the hospitality industry. We caught up in the Worksmith podcast studio, funnily enough, and we had a really enjoyable chat. And I hope you enjoy it too. So, episode one, Michael Bocchetta.
0: Thanks,
1: man. Thanks for doing this. This no is worries. good. And easy. I love the place. Like yeah. I've been sort of doing a bit of stalking, but obviously followed your um your whole thing since you've opened this, and mm. it's really cool. Yeah, thanks. Man. So I thought, um, when I say the and you know I, I I urge people, obviously in the hospitality industry, um, to jump on some of the links that I'll share when I put this up because, yeah. but it but is it a bit of an unknown still in the industry? And and when I say
0: that, maybe explain mm. what you're doing here yeah, in yeah. particular at Worksmith. Yeah, sure. So Worksmith. Uh, is first and foremost a, a community hub for the food and beverage industry. So we offer sort of specialised spaces uh, for people to work in. So it's a co-working space, but uh, in we've got two spaces. One's in Collingwood, one's in the, the CBD in Melbourne. Uh, in Collingwood, we have a commercial kitchen uh, where people can test different products or, and use it as a, t- a test kitchen idea without having to go out and uh, buy their own their own restaurant. Is, um, is this stemmed from the lack of what you're doing here? Like, is, it,
1: is there not much of this, if any, already? No, so
0: we're, we're the first one that we know of yeah. in the world. Um, there's kind of slight variations yep. in, in different places. There's a place in London that only has a drinks lab, which has yep. crazy bartending equipment, um, like roto systems and centrifuge. It looks more like a science lab than a yeah. bar. Um, which we've got uh, something similar to that in our city space. Um, then there's places, different places in the world where you can hire a kitchen out to test things. Yeah. Then there's co-working spaces everywhere, but there's none that just focus on the on the hospitality, food and beverage industries. So this is a, a bit of an amalgamation of the co-working idea, yeah, along with those specialised spaces for the industry. So um, in co-working in Australia, for example, in Melbourne is co-working spaces have increased by something like 400% in the last... Just in general. In you, three years, yeah, 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 just in general. Uh, and flexible space is becoming yeah. huge and it's not going to stop. because The way uh, people are working is very different now than it was 10 years ago. So sure. people have multiple jobs. People have you know, the, the side hustle thing going yeah. on outside of their okay. job. Uh, even large corporations like banks, um, telecommunications companies are actually pulling out divisions or departments of their companies and putting them in co-working spaces Yeah. because they're seeing it as a trend of how people work and they don't want to fall. They don't want people to leave their company based on the space that they work in, which yeah. is becoming a huge factor, especially for, um, you know, 20, 20 to 35 year olds. Yep. Um, yeah, sure. And it, it's definitely not going to stop. And then sort of flipping that into hospitality, it's, uh, incredibly underserviced industry. We, in, I find it bizarre given the scale of hospitality yeah, just from my sort of lack of knowledge of
1: the mm. industry. But I oh know it's a massive beast of an industry. It's nuts.
0: Yeah. I, I think people think it's quite small. They're like, yeah. when I said I was opening a co-working space for the industry, they're like, oh, it's a little bit niche, isn't it? And it's like, it's one of the biggest industries yeah. in Australia. Yeah. But when people, th- you say hospitality, people think waiters, chefs, yeah, sure. bartender. Yeah. Yeah. Which sure, that's... Forms part of it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm from that world of hospitality. But when you look at everything that intersects the industry, so everything from design to marketing uh, yeah. to events. Um, and now produces, more than ever, right? Like it's, it's enormous. Yeah. It's popping up. People are opening business. This business is open yeah. every day, Melbourne, <laughs> yeah. um, from all facets of the industry. And then the tech side of things, obviously, enormous um, from point of sale to yeah. social media yeah. to, and it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. And basically, there's not many industries that exist that don't intersect the hospitality industry in some way. So when you take in those sort of industries on the periphery of hospitality that help hospitality happen, then it's actually a huge market that no one's focusing on in in this specialized community focused way. Uh, And that's where we see the huge growth. We're really lucky that we decided to focus on the industry because since opening the growth of, Co space has taken off again, and now from a pricing point of view it's become a bit of a race to the bottom for pricing and the big players like we work hub like some big players in in Melbourne and throughout the world um, have the the ability to uh, make it very very cheap yeah um, to go into really nice spaces
1: what 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 was the snap point where you just went
0: this could work let's do it um I guess myself and my co-founder Roscoe we come from very, very different industries. He's in property development, obviously come from hospitality and he saw, he actually went on something called Remote Year, which is a year ab- abroad where he spends a month in 12 different co-working spaces. Wow. Uh, so worked in some incredible places around the world, uh, really understood what worked well in co-working and what didn't and what yep. he came back with my, the main point he came back with is the ones that worked the best were the ones focused on an industry yeah so he, he worked out of tech focused co-working and, and things like that that he understood that when everyone had a common interest it was much easier to network with people yeah. have, a, have a chat with someone over a coffee that sort of thing because the barriers is already down you yep. all kind of know you're in somewhat of the same industry so if i was to open a co-working space which was just for whoever wanted to use it wouldn't have the impact it would if it was a direct industry focused. No. So co-working will keep growing. The general co-working spaces will. But from a community aspect, people aren't going to get as much out of them as as what a focused co-working space will. That makes sense. And, And it means that because we know the industry, we know our members so well, we can tailor the events that we put on yeah. so specifically to their needs, yep. and then we get great feedback from them. So, you know, three six months from now, we know already know what events we're going to put on, uh, and people we're getting the same faces come back again and again. So, even if you're not a member, you can still come to events, and, yep. um, and we're seeing the same people come back from the industry.
1: The hospitality industry, for me, from the outside looking in, is just. So cutthroat! It must be such a tough gig, and and you're involved obviously in bars and yeah. restaurants as well. Yeah, is it is it like that, or is it? Reminders looking at it from, it? <laughs> I mean, I, I spent you know a few years working in Richmond in Melbourne, right? Yeah, and Bridge Road There'd be places opening and closing within a month. Yeah, for sure, unbelievable. Yeah, like that's it, tough. It is,
0: it is cutthroat, and especially somewhere like Melbourne uh, or Sydney, uh, where there is so many options for people to go out and eat. Yeah, um, it becomes really hard on pricing, uh, and then things like wage cost and uh, rent aren't going down. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what we're left with is the challenge to basically make ends meet and meet and make a small amount of money. I think there's still people in the public that think in hospitality, even a bar that's you know reasonably busy makes a hell of a lot of money. Even the most successful,
1: I think that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people do. I do. <laughs> Even
0: the most successful operators, yeah. when you're looking at smaller operators, they're lucky to make 8%. It's profit. crazy. That's, that's unbelievable. And that's like a good operator. That's, I guess, taking out, you know, the big pub groups and those sort of groups yeah. that have the scale to be able to, um, you know, really cut costs across yeah. the board. So whether that's marketing costs, accounting, all the rest, buying yeah. power as well, the yeah. bigger you get, the cheaper things get. Sure. <laughs> Always the way. Yeah. Um. Well, it's so the same in like retail, right? Like every, yeah, you know, absolutely. in any form of scale. retail, yeah. you can you can buy in bulk and you get it much cheaper. So,
1: so in well, let's use retail as an example because I come from a bit of a background of that, right? Um, as a buyer, so to get your nose in front, sometimes you have to do red hot sales and you mm. bastardize and you do the Products get bastardized, services mm. get bastardized. Is it the same in hospitality? Absolutely. H- how if, do you if, how do you step in front of the next person?
0: Yeah, to make it cheaper. The first thing that goes is quality in yeah. hospitality. Yeah. Um. So straight away you get we have less less staff on, or the quality of the products, or the ingredients go yeah. down, and and wine, beer, whatever it is. Yeah. And the cheaper something is, the more margin you get on it sure. generally. Yeah. Um. From an ingredient point of view, so the customer misses out straight away. Do you feel like customers pick up on that if they've had the product at a higher standard yeah. in your venue and then. You change to cut costs they'll they'll pick it up straight away um on our side of things the only way to actually make something out of it is by uh being really creative with mm. food menu and beverage yeah uh, from a sort of cocktail point of view sure. where you can have really interesting delicious food and drink but be creative about how, how it comes to yeah. plate or glass so you're yep. actually making something out of it um but if, it's an incredible industry. From, I guess, the leasing side of things, um, we we constantly see people sign leases that they shouldn't. And Your example of like Bridge Road is a yeah. scary place to open. I would never. Is it so? Is that there. is that renowned as a place? Yeah, that you don't definitely. Touch? It's just this, it's this long strip. Yeah. Of restaurants, it yeah. goes and goes long, long goes and goes. There's no central meeting point yeah. in Richmond because yeah. there's two main roads. You've yeah. got yeah. Swan and Bridge. There's no real, this yeah. is the main street. Yeah, yeah. No, and, it makes and, sense. And both are very long and just kind of go on and on. So the so people jumping into it are just naive about it. I think some are. Yeah. Um, well, I would say a lot. There's a lot of people in our industry, me included, you know, rewind three, three to four, five years ago that had no idea about the venue itself. So the issue with our industry, which I've sort of grown, grown through is – you never really set up to be a business owner in hospitality. Mm. You're set up to be, right, you're a great waiter or a chef and then you get promoted to be a manager. So then you're the manager and you think you're really great at it and, you know, people tell you you're great at it, so you get a pat on the back. Um, and then once you're at management level or head chef, head chef level, it's like, okay, well, what to from now? It's like, well, I'll open a venue. And from that, even being a manager, unless you worked in a really high-level training environment which Mm. is not very often in hospitality you don't get to learn about how to read a profit and loss statement yeah how to read a lease all these like really important things in in hospitality and everything from um employee contracts all of that stuff you don't touch generally as even as a manager or head chef yeah um but you know unless as i said you're in a, a great training environment so then you go to open a venue without any of those yeah, skills. Yeah. So you might be a great bartender, chef, or manager, but then suddenly you're dealing with employee contracts, leases, yeah, bills. Numbers. Invoicing, like yeah. crazy, crazy yeah. stuff, which can be really, really scary. Sure. Uh, when all you're trying to do is provide great service and a great product yeah. and you're stressed about opening a venue, but then suddenly you've got to worry about the accounts yeah. as well. And if you haven't had that experience... Is really, really difficult. Oh, sure. I was lucky that I went into a partnership with uh, three other people for my yep. first venue, which meant each sort of those areas was taken care of. So accounting was taken care of. Yeah, uh, the, the chef was taken care yeah. of. Um, beverage was taken care of and I was more operations uh, initially. And it just meant I was able to ease my way into learning yeah. the process. Uh, and a lot of people... Sort of say, you know, it's really hard having lots of business partners. And I agree, and all my business partners would would agree as well that, you know, communication is really hard in the group and that sort of thing. But without them, I wouldn't have been able to be where I am today because they've been able to give me the flexibility. Yeah, and probably vice versa. Yeah, exactly. True. They would say the same thing. Um, But it just means that you've got someone to to support you. And if you've all got slightly different skill sets, it's really helpful.
1: (laughs) Do you, as a part of, worksmith and i know you do a lot of nights where you're you know introducing new brands and so forth do you offer business advice
0: like exactly what you've been saying we actually do more business focus events than we do tastings or anything like that yeah in our mind you can do a tasting anywhere really there's um in melbourne I could go to a tasting every day somewhere in the city, okay. whether it be wine or spirit or whatever else. Yeah. So for us at Worksmith, it is more about learning the business side of hospitality. Yeah. So we've had some incredible events around uh, legal, uh, sort of legal documentation for business, and it was one event that I was really worried about filling because it's mm. kind of you know it's the boring side yeah. of, of what we do. Um, but it was w- one of the most well attended events. We had like seventy people show up. Yeah. It was the most um, well. Um, delivered events as well, awesome. and we had a lot of interaction with with uh, yeah. the attendees. So we actually ended up having a brilliant event based around legal yeah. <laughs> legal stuff for hospitality. And but people, it's such people, an important part. And people are hungry for it. Yeah. People know that you know they might they might be operating business now that they need help with, or they're about to. And when an event like that pops up, it's really valuable for people.
1: Do you find people coming in from uh, high end restaurants to Mum and Dad cafes, mm. because I, I feel like, and and again, um, hospitality, not knowing much other than going and buying a coffee from somewhere. Yeah. I feel like a coffee shop could be seen as a lifestyle job for some people when they buy yeah. into a business and then get
0: there and go, oh shit, yeah. I hear it a lot. Um, I have family that still think that it's that easy, yeah, um, which is quite frustrating. Um, oh, it would be really frustrating. Yeah. And there is the very very odd. Occasion where someone is really naive going into it and they end up being really successful, but that'll be someone that's already really hard working and they end up, they find something that's quite niche that, that yeah. they nail, which is, that's like 2% of people. Yeah, oh yeah. And then you have the other people, as you said, that just kind of go into it like, oh, I'm just going to retire and open a cafe. Yeah retiring and opening a <laughs> cafe sounds like the worst, my idea of hell. <laughs> yeah. When I retire, yeah. I won't be working in a cafe. No. That's for sure. You don't do anything. No. Well, I want to a retire. point of retirement, exactly. right? <laughs> and I think even, um, yeah, I hear people say that and i just kind of laugh and sort of good luck. You,
1: you, um, you must, you must have a killer drive though. Like, and, and knowing you outside of this, I should preface this podcast by saying we do know each other. Yeah. But I also, yeah, know how much you do and what sort of work you do. You, you must be crazy busy, and yeah. on top of that, you've added to the business by becoming a dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. is life the, just hectic, or have you just got an amazing way of balancing everything?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say an amazing way of balancing everything. <laughs> um, just a way. Well, my, my, my partner Vicky probably says yeah. I, I don't have a great way of balancing. Well, she, but she's um, in this industry too, right? Yeah, so I'm lucky that she actually gets what we do. And Yeah, um, but it's a, it's a hectic sort of yeah. industry but, for a family. Yeah. My, uh, my, my daughter is probably the easy bit. Out of yeah. all of it, to be honest, because <laughs> yeah. she's so great. And when I get home and and she's there, it is very much like, you know, Vicky's like, Oh, how was your day? It's like, Ah, it's fine. Even though I've had a shit day, it's like, Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Baby, awesome. I want to <laughs> awesome. focus on her. Yeah. So it's actually, since people say that to me, it's like, You've got a baby, you must be so stressed, you've got all these businesses. But she's actually de stressed me. That's brilliant. More than anything. Yeah. Because when I do get home, it's like, I want to focus on her. Yeah. Whereas before, I would just pass out on the couch. Do you find it
1: hard to? not take work home because I think – it, it is hard. And I think it's fair that people do struggle not taking work it. home. I yeah. do sometimes. Um, and it's it's a conscious effort for me personally to just go, leave that shit
0: there. I've got yeah. kids here that want to play and jump on me and yeah. whatever. I'm pretty good with um, when Maya's around, but then with Vicky and I, we have that relationship where we do talk about each other's work a lot because we are yeah. in the exact same industry. yeah, um, And we have that very open conversation about – what's going on in the businesses because I feel from my side, yes, they're my businesses, but she's my lifetime partner, so they're they're her business as (laughs) well in a way. (laughs) Sure. Um, So what happens in them is kind of intrinsic to her future as well. Definitely. Um, And I know some couples kind of go home and it's just like, we don't talk about work, but I think for us it's quite important because I actually bounce a lot of ideas off her uh, with what's going on in the businesses, or you know, I've got this idea. Am I an idiot, or, or is this is this a good idea? But that's to do? good. That's good to have yeah. that,
1: and you'll you'll get an honest opinion. Yeah, absolutely. She <laughs> gives me very honest opinion, <laughs> but that's good. Sometimes and
0: I think I have great ideas, and she's like, <laughs>
1: "Nope, man, you need that grounding, though." you know, yeah. you know like, but but also, I think um, while making conscious efforts not to bring work home, I I, I do um, find it important to if I you know the best person that i've got to vent to that i know will just listen to me mm. whether they think i'm talking shit or not is my wife yeah like ricky will you know what i mean so yeah, it's absolutely. important to be able to if you want to vent about work not at work you have yeah, got to have true. that person yeah, as well <sighs> otherwise
0: you kind of bottle it up and let but it, then let you've it also got to go, go okay i'm done yeah and move true. on <laughs> yeah
1: but it's uh yeah like i just i look at the stuff you do man i just think man yeah you're under the pump a lot
0: yeah people say that a lot to me and sort of say oh i don't know how you do it and I guess my response most of the time is you know, neither do I. I don't know how to do it either. And I guess for me, my and what my response recently has been is that I don't do it, is that my response is I do it at 75% across the board. But in each of the businesses, I have great people in there doing the rest. Yeah, um, I've got uh, at Capitano and Liberty, two amazing teams that do an incredible job from a service and uh, and in the kitchen as well, uh, and you know again have business business partners that support um, those businesses, yep. and then at Worksmith again, like we're quite young, we're only eighteen months old and growing really rapidly. So now we've got two spaces, and we do a lot of projects outside of the four walls of Worksmith. So lots yep. of consulting and advisory. Um, we have a lot of partnerships as well. So there's a lot of work to be done, but mm. again, we've hired some brilliant people within the business that do work basically yeah. <laughs> and we, we've hired people into these positions that are much better than me at yeah doing those but things. it
1: filters from the top though like you can't yeah. get really good people unless they're you know you, you're setting that bar and setting that
0: standard 100 percent. and everyone knows that standard that, yep. w- that we set um or the owners set and i guess for me is that i try and i try my best to get across to them that they're in that position for a reason and that they need to make calls without me so uh, it takes a while, to obviously, to build that trust in themselves that mm-hmm. they can do the job and that sort of thing. But once they've built that confidence up, it's them doing the job. Yep. And we still have some staff members that struggle a little bit with it because they always want to you know, just double check. Yep. But it's, it's more about uh, ensuring that they know that we trust them. Yeah. Uh, and that helps a hell of a lot because they're the ones out there doing such a great job. And we've, I've transitioned out of doing service uh, at the restaurants now which has been really helpful. Yeah. Not doing really late nights. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are like, well, you know, why don't you think you should be doing service because, you know, they're your venues, you need to make sure everything's okay. And, like, well, I kind of, yeah. let go back to the team again. They're yeah. The team I have are better than me at doing doing those Takes jobs. a lot of trust, though. Absolutely. like, yeah. But I know the people we've hired are, are great and, that's a you good know, position to be. Yeah.
1: What about your daughter? If, if well, as she grows up, is mm. hospitality something you'll <laughs> suggest for, her or say, uh, uh, just don't worry about. it? I don't think I'll suggest <laughs> it.
0: I think I'll just let her make her decision. Because you've done it. You've been in this industry for yeah, ever since. Yeah, and you've travelled doing even, it. Yeah. and You've done all sorts. Yeah. Of so even in high school, I was my part-time job was hospitality, yeah. um, and I just never got out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, for her, I would. I guess, obviously she'll she'll see what I'm doing, yeah, yeah. and she'll either choose to do it or not. Yeah, I think I think that's always the way with with kids and the, what their parents do. It's either Definitely. you grab onto it and you you love it yep. because you've just grown up with it, or you run run to the hills, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Um, and I think it probably won't help her that her mother's also in the industry so she's gonna she's already growing up around very very good food obviously and yeah goes to restaurants and she won't she won't be able to accept just a, no, a random no. you know a, a, just a,
1: an average drink from a bar yeah <laughs> even even <laughs> at um
0: even at daycare the educators get, hang shit <laughs> on not us not fussy about, at daycare they, no well she, <laughs> she eats the daycare's food is pretty good but we took some food in once for i think her orientation day and we got laughed at because she had like sourdough bread, and <laughs> so we wouldn't go buy her anything else. It's like what we eat. Um So I think she'll probably be given a bit of shit at school early <laughs> yeah. on about the food she
1: eats when she brings the packed lunch, and it's just a little bit different than her else. Fancy, accidents. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but I think I like, even thinking about um, my mum when she went to school, you know, young Italian, she got ah, so much shit for the food she ate. Really, and yeah, absolutely, because it's all it was very it was walk food, full yeah. <laughs> on walk food. <laughs> Um, like parmigiana sandwiches, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas now, all of all. What of those, about you?
1: We, did you have that?
0: Uh, I had a mix. Because yeah. Mum kind of. Mum grew up getting shit for what she ate, <laughs> but then also wanted to feed me well, so yeah. I kind of got like a mix of the Italian stuff and yeah. more like what I'll call Australian <laughs> <laughs> lunches. I didn't realize our food was any different at home until I went to like friends' dinner, like yeah. for dinner for the first time, and I was just like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> or like birthday parties. I'm yeah. Like, what is this? Fairy bread stuff. Really? Were you were you like um, put off a bit? A little bit, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, sometime it was like junk food, I really liked it because I just Yeah it's not that we didn't have junk food at, at home, but it was just different. Yeah. And yeah. when I saw that stuff I was just like, this is wild, some of the food. Wow. Ate, it was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and growing up, uh, again, knowing where you've grown up, I'm living out in that area now and mm. it's you know, there's a it's There's a pretty um, consistent, I suppose, <laughs> type of people out there. The food's pretty simple, I guess, as, yeah. a, as a whole. So yeah. I guess, yeah, you, what you'd be seeing is very different. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it was really good. I had um, friends that would ask to come. So I used to go home <laughs> to my grandmother's every day after school. Uh, and people would ask, Oh, can I come? <laughs> for can, a come can I come as well? Because <laughs> as soon as they started, you know, when we were like 13, 14, yeah. started like, Oh, it's really good food there. <laughs> she'd like make pizza yeah. and pasta for everyone. She loved it. Um, it was really nice. And at that age, all you wanted to do is eat. Eat yeah. a hell of a lot. Like teenage boys <laughs> after football training, it's like, You really want to eat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: How are you not huge? Mm. have <laughs> a really good metabolism, yeah, I think. I reckon.
0: I'm about to hit 30 next year. So I think. Um, probably all going to stack on then. Okay. <laughs> you think? Just yeah, blow out. Yeah, That's what, everyone, to it's what everyone tells me. You're 30, allowed to. It's like 30, you're going to be fucked. Yeah. yeah that's you, it. You've got a young kid. You're yeah. to let yourself go. Dad bod.
1: <laughs> I can't wait. Totally, <laughs> Dad bod, dad jokes, everything. Embrace it, man. I've been doing dad jokes Have since you? I 20, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, you were born to me. I know. Wait for Wait for the looks you get as she gets a bit older, man. I'm getting those looks now from, from my daughter who's nine and it's just like, shut <laughs> up, dad. <laughs> just I shut up. I can't wait. But it encourages <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah, poor, no, for yeah sure. absolutely. Hey, I wanted to ask. I read an article recently. Um, actually, it was an article you shared um, on social media, um, and it's a subject that, that I really um, enjoyed delving into because it's not. Um, I still think there's not enough uh, information out there, and it's it was around mental health in mm. the hospitality industry. Um, it appealed to me a little bit. I'm actually a baker by trade. I spent you know six or seven years as a baker. Yeah, right, um, I didn't know that. And from and from sixteen, so. Yeah. In that period of time was a really, you know, as you know, it's a really interesting time of your life yeah. as you're sort of coming into adulthood and working hours like from fuck, one in the morning to yeah. 8 a.m. when your friends are doing nine to five and yeah. wondering why you're not keeping up with them on the beers At after night, work. Yeah, it, You know, um, there was a section in that article that was about, about that, about the yeah, hours, sure. and, you, you know, trying to have a social life it's so hard and yeah. I just that clicked with me because I've struggled I, I tried and there was plenty of times yeah. that you'd go to work after a night yeah <laughs> that's not fun but but it's an important piece because I think um and sort of touching on what we spoke about before about it's such a tough industry mm. so much competition everyone's striving to be the best there's some of the hours that you must see people be doing and you huge. I'm sure you've done yourself yeah, it's not like, healthy you
0: know 60 to 80 hours a week is kind of normal yeah um, I do that now because I'm a business owner. And that's what I need to do to across all the businesses. That's that's fine.
1: But but surely when, you now even get to a point where I'm like, I just, it's too I have much. To just step back yeah, for yeah. for a couple of days or have something. To sleep. <laughs> but you can you can acknowledge that. Then when that gets uh, to that point, I definitely
0: acknowledge it. I've gone to the edge of burnout, yep. probably three or four times, yeah. And for me, I'm getting better. Noticing the signs as to when I am about to burn out. Yeah, I'm probably in one of those <laughs> okay. right now. Yeah, to be honest. Um, and I've seen so many people burn out in our industry. It's, it's yeah crazy because mentally it's really it's really difficult. Obviously, doing those amount of hours, but then the stress involved in the work we do yeah is really high as well. Yeah, uh, from a restaurant point of view oh, or a bar sure. or, whatever, or cafe whatever yeah. it is, it's just. Constantly, you're you're there to make other people happy, and your happiness is is usually not the thing that you're there for. So yeah. straight away, that's the, that's a huge issue. Yeah, and um, you know, ten years ago, bigger problem than what it is now. It's getting better. Is um, that because,
1: because there's more awareness with business owners to acknowledge that their chefs or their yeah. baristas or whatever need a break, need to be able to yeah, definitely people cool were, off.
0: People are starting to understand that. An employee's happiness is number one. Yep, and and I I have that, uh, that thought with all of my businesses. If it's never about the customer now, it's if my employee is happy, then the customer will be happy. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So y- if you take that that idea, then and and apply it to the people in your team and, and make, it's all about emotion and ensuring that they're happy day to day. Everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. Like really worrying about a customer's experience and to the detriment of your staff is is, is going to be a point where it all crashes. Yeah. Um, and I, from a sort of mental health perspective, we've seen some really high profile uh, suicides mm. in the last couple of years in, in our industry. And that has definitely, Shine a bit more of a light on yep. on the industry and its issues, and there's a lot of sort of non non-for, non for profit organisations that are doing really great things in in mental health, uh, in the world and, and especially in Australia as well. Yep. And it's definitely something that people are more com- more confident to talk about yep. um, with their peers as well yeah. when there is an issue.
1: And and just to talking about burning out, mm. um, for someone like you, and and it's and it's great you're in a position where you can identify it, but also in a the position you're in, you can sort of step back. Mm. For a young chef who's just trying to impress everyone and do the right thing by his boss, yeah, you know it's it, it's hard for really that hard. person to to yeah. be able to say I just need a break or I, I'm struggling. Yeah, um, you know, are, are the business owners and and head chefs and whoever it may be, are they identifying it more as well?
0: I would say they're identifying it more than or, what they or more were. open to it. Yeah, they're more yeah. open to it, but it's still a huge issue. Yeah, I I, I know myself. 10 years ago when I was in that you know, young waiter coming through, all I wanted to impress, work really yeah. hard, had an issue. My bosses were the last people I was going to tell right. it to. Yeah. I want to impress them. I want to go to the next level. I want them to help me progress my career. And I know that people have that, that issue now. And yeah. even people that know they're in an environment that it's okay to talk about it, it's still about mental health. Yeah. And it still has that stigma attached to it. Absolutely. So even if you are in that open environment – Still, really hard to get that person to come out and say, Hey, definitely, <laughs> I've had this issue.
1: But there's probably also still, also, still bosses out there that uh, are a bit behind the times and would just say, Suck definitely. it up and get back out yeah, there. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, there's as much, see, my, my thing is always about as much as it's important for, for people who may be struggling to be able to understand, let, to, to be able to talk about it mm. and, and get help, which is obviously number one, people that are around them and managing these people or in charge of these people or whatever. They're the ones who also need to be educated a lot Definitely. around, yeah. you know, and it's not, I'm not saying you, you need to be able to see signs that aren't visible sometimes, but you yeah. need to be open from day dot. So when it gets to the point of burnout, yeah, uh, that employee, whoever it may be, um, can come
0: up and just say, I'm struggling. It's an issue, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's actually, um, even local council running courses. They've always run courses for first aid, and, um, medical you know, medical course first aid for anyone to go to. Yep. But now they're doing mental health first aid. Good. And anyone can do it for free and just seeing things like that starting to take yeah. place is becoming it's yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's things out there to help people yeah. be ready for to help their teams. Yeah.
1: I think back um, when I was in the bakery and there was you know I'm I'm a bit older than you not much. <laughs> uh, but you know it was a, it was during that time that there was not there was nothing out. Well, there there was there were platforms to to help, but but it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing that you spoke about. No. It certainly wasn't something you spoke about out in the open as a, as a you know as a twenty year old guy. You know, um, which looking back sucks because it should yeah. have been. But facts are like you you, you did you just push through, and then every now and then you'd, you one of your staff members would quit, and it was too much, and you sort yeah. of go whatever. You know, you you wonder how how like jobs like that. I, I, I always think I don't know how I did it for even six or seven years yeah. like let alone people that are doing it longer um but you know the hospitality industry for me is one that has a lot of those ridiculous hours ridiculous times of the day that people are working yeah um social sort of struggles because it's hard to to get that friendship group or that support group happening because mm-hmm. you're doing all sorts of stupid hours so yeah it's not the only industry there's plenty but yeah it certainly was an interesting read and, and i think it was um was on point, yeah, and I'm and I'm glad to hear from you that there's there's plenty happening in that space to, to try and get that awareness out there.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's something that'll never go away. Mm. Obviously, from you know, mental health will always be yeah an issue, uh, but it's just about how we how we talk about it in the industry and across any yeah, any in industry, as you say. Yeah, um, but I think there's there's lots of factors that are going to continue to contribute to people's. Mental health issues, and uh, if if we all work a little bit harder on how we make sure people aren't doing too many hours, that they're doing things outside of work, that we're giving them enough training in different areas—not just areas of mental health management, but mm. in other areas—to yep. ensure that they're motivated to, to come to work. Yeah, they wake up and they're like, "I'm happy to go to work Cause, today."
1: Because that's the thing of it too. Like the the hour thing, the hours thing, and the the, the time spent in the kitchen or in behind the yeah. bar is still sort of part of that. That 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 job path isn't it? I Absolutely. mean, you know, yeah. so it, it's it's kind of a juggling act in that, um, you know, I guess from a point of view of following that career and doing that, you you kind of still do need to do some hours that might be longer than yeah. others at times of the day that might
0: be different to others. Yeah, but
1: yeah, as you say, it's about managing it, I guess. And yeah, just, definitely,
0: I think the hours thing is an interesting interesting one. I really struggled when I was sort of eighteen to guess 22 23 with the hours where I did have that friendship group from school mm. that weren't in the industry that would as you said, said yeah. before they didn't understand why I couldn't yep. come out on a Saturday night and it's like you know that's like me asking you to take a Wednesday off for a yeah. normal job like you just can't do it yeah and you had to be really selective about you know what parties you went to yeah. what weddings you went to and that sort yeah. of thing which was really really hard early on mm. and I think I really had had a lot of lost a lot of friends through that yep. process but i guess the important one stuck around definitely um which uh which now is a bit easier looking back to because it's like well i'm around the people i want to be so yeah. that's fine and going through that process is really difficult if you then don't form a friendship group in the industry that you're in yep and i'm really lucky that i have that now and you know, most of the people i see on a weekly basis at a friendship level are in the industry. Mm. Um, which some people might say it's not that healthy doing that, but <laughs> it's kind of the way it way it falls. The people you work with, I think, people. naturally that yeah. happens too. Yeah, exactly. You
1: know, and, and some that you'll end up, some you'll end up really close with, and others you won't. But yeah, it's hard to to sort of not become some or form some
0: sort of relationship with people in your industry. Yeah, exactly. This is the way it goes. Yeah, and it helps to uh, have have them as a support because they understand a lot about what you're going through and yeah. can actually. Um, give you a, a bit of advice or feedback and yeah. call you out when you're full of shit and things like yeah, that. It's <laughs> good. It's not.
1: I it's not, I, 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 I only talked to a couple of friends and I, I had a great group of people that I that I spent most of my years with in those bakery days. But as you mentioned before, that age group, mm. man, that's the age you want to just be going out and drinking do and, and carrying on. Um, yeah, we were, I was lucky. And I, I still speak to a couple of them every now and then. But, um, you know, I, I still think back and it was a different – it was a different world mm. living like that and yeah it was pretty pretty hectic yeah it was pretty crazy but you know at that age too i guess or maybe on the flip side that age is when you're dumb enough to do that
0: yeah it's true <laughs> yeah it's very true um
1: but yeah and uh, uh, speaking of the industry i suppose too the bakery scene seems to have changed yeah it, like dramatically it was Absolutely. pretty simple back in the day but yeah. now it's like i don't know i just seem to see different sorts of bakeries popping up in different with different almost genres of, of yeah, absolutely. style.
0: Yeah, You see that across the industry in any food or beverage um, venue. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of uh, hyper-focus on different products. Yeah. So you might be a bakery, but the thing you do is uh, croissants. Yep. Or you might be a bakery, but the thing you're really good at is baguettes. So that's yeah. what you do. Um, and you see that in drinks. In
1: Well, it's like a, a bar. There's a yeah. hundred bars, but they might all be Slightly specializing. Different. There's different a whiskey
0: in. bar. There's a tiki bar. There's, yeah. It's just specializing in what you'd love and what you know you can do really well. And you're seeing that not just in, in bakeries, but other sort of food outlets as well. Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting sort of change. And I think a lot of it has to do with the skill set people form. People aren't willing to do the full general chefing apprenticeship yep. to learn all the little bits and pieces. Yeah, Like I'm, from someone that wants to do open a burger place. Yeah. That a lot of people don't think, well I don't want to learn about French technique. Yeah. Although like in my opinion it would help yeah. because you would understand flavors and blah blah blah, technique that sort of thing. But a lot of people think, well I don't need to learn that cuz I want to open a burger place, so yeah. I'm just going to learn everything I can about burgers. So there's a lot of pl- chefs yeah out there that haven't have done an apprenticeship, done which thing. is fine. Like uh, there's plenty of people I know that some of the best chefs I know actually haven't done apprenticeships. And I've just honed in on one skill exactly, and and then that's why we're seeing more hyper focus venues open because of people like that that are doing less of the educational side, formal education, yeah, hookery, and, uh, and more uh, just on the job training in places they love, and then they'll go out and then you know, start their own burger place or their croissant place or donut or whatever it is.
1: You yeah, it seems like you've got to be pretty creative too yeah. now these days more yeah. than ever with the amount of like, yeah, just a Joe Blow restaurant. If it doesn't have a bit of a something about it, yeah, it's just might just blend in. Is that yeah. fair, or is that Absolutely. is there still room for?
0: No, even in the city, especially in the city, I should say, it's really hard to open something that doesn't have something, something super special. interesting about it. Yeah, um, I I wish I could just open something that's like a little neighborhood place that no one really cared about, but was, <laughs> was busy enough to, yeah. you know, still, I still wanted to be busy and you know, successful yeah. on the business side. But from a media standpoint, yep. they really want something to, to dig into uh, and whether that be a particular person that's working there and where they've worked previously. So, you know, they worked at a great restaurant or bar previously. So that gives them obviously the reputation to go and do something great most of the time. Uh, or you're doing something uh, with the food and drink that hasn't been done in the city before or it's slightly different to what everyone else is doing. Uh, and Or even what about location?
1: Because there seemed to have been a trend and it might have been going on longer than Mm. I I know, but where these really like seemingly high-end cafe or or bakery even or even like restaurants popping up in, little country towns and rural, yeah. rural areas that you just think, think, what? Yeah, why are they out there? Like, yeah, I think, I, I think about, like, the Independent in Jembrook, yeah. an area that, you know, we spent plenty does, of time. It does very well. It's, yeah. it's an amazing restaurant, yeah. but it's just like, Jembrook?
0: Well, I think I thought the same thing. And when I go in there, I'm like, I can't believe I'm in my hometown in yeah. the restaurant, which is pretty cool. Do you, do you think um, that's
1: good or are you like uh, – I think it's great.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think um people that – it's still really hard. it's they they do quite well I believe um still really hard from a staffing standpoint being yeah. out in the country and getting skilled staff out there yep. so a lot of the time you end up having a few key staff and then um having to find uh, locals to and training them which is great for the um for the towns that they go into yeah. um and I think from a tourism point of view is brilliant because it's drawing people yep. into these towns that previously didn't have much yeah uh, up until the fateful morning that uh, the pub burned down in gembrook uh, it was a good little pub yeah. um, but even having the independent there since they opened other cafes have opened yep. more people are visiting so it's, you get the knock-on effect absolutely which is great and you'll you'll see that continue to grow so when restaurants like that pop up in small country towns it can only in my mind be a good thing um, i i would love to open something in a country town eventually and i think a lot of people that May have worked in the city for a long time, and then do want to have that country lifestyle. Yep. Obviously, they're still running a venue, so it's it's yep. hard. But you, you st- at least you're out in the country doing it, and you might open four or five days a week yep. rather than seven days, and yep. capture that weekend. It'd trend. certainly be a different vibe, completely different. I miss it in a way. I my first jobs were out in the Arrow Valley in wineries and breweries and that sort of thing, and people's mindset are completely different because. Yep. They're straight away. Their guard is down a little bit because oh. they're out for a day's uh, day out in the Yarra Valley. They, you know, it's a destination yeah. Um, yeah. sort of dining experience. So that has its own issues, but at the same time, it's not on a Wednesday night in Fitzroy where someone's just finished work and yeah. they have to work in the morning. It's this. It's very. The dynamics very different.
1: Yeah, uh, people are relaxed before they enter the venue. Absolutely, as yeah. opposed to. The opposite. Where's my so drink? Stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> Is that That's still? A, I mean, that that man. That for me, even as a someone going to get a, a feed or a, or a drink or something, that the watching the people that just lose their shit over a ridiculous. Oh place. mate.
0: Yeah. that must drive <laughs> people nuts. It's it's an interesting one. We're really lucky in our venues. Um, I guess the people we get in, I I can confidently say. Uh, are great and that's we good. really yeah it's very <laughs> when something bad like that happens yeah. it's big news in my venue. Yeah, it's okay. like we do a, a nightly handover and it yep. just says you know, what we did in takings and all that stuff and but also any issues yep. and it's really rare that it's like oh, this person weird. was horrible
1: people and, uh, just flip
0: out over the dumbest yeah. shit and it's not to say we don't get it at all we still get the you know sometimes we, there's instances where we are definitely wrong and you yeah. know we do everything we can to fix it there's sometimes where it's just there's unrealistic expectations yeah. on the team and the product that people just don't understand. And I guess from my side, uh, previous open, opening my venues, I worked in fine dining yep. um, and working at, uh, at Attica. It was if, if people didn't have the best meal of their life, we failed. And, that and was, would they tell you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was a really interesting process. When we weren't in the top 50 restaurants in the world, it was still full every night, really busy. Never got a complaint. I was amazed. It was my first eighteen months there. Yeah, never got complaints. And I was like, even I know it's a great product, but not everyone's going to like it. Yeah. We never got complaints. <laughs> it was really strange. Soon as we got into the top fifty, and we entered the top fifty at number twenty-two or something. Yeah, really high entry, and the complaints started. Complaints started coming. Is that because of expectation? Expectation goes through the roof. Wow. They want fireworks when you put down the plate. Which, on one hand, I really understand, but on the other hand, those expectations are kind of—they actually don't know what yeah. to. It's not. It's like I ex, I expect a really high standard, but they actually don't know what that high standard is yeah. and where it is. Yeah, they just know well, it's high. Yeah.
1: so they've almost made a decision
0: that they're unhappy before they start because they. There's plenty. There's plenty of people that walk into those restaurants that want to pick it pick them to pieces because they know what, what what's you everyone know, loves. What's
1: the it. point? There's well, we'll,
0: it, in the industry it's like, <laughs> I'm asking you, you're going yeah, yeah, yeah. no I oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> it's nuts. After service but, when you have people like that, the first thing everyone usually says is it's like, why go out? Don't go out. Yeah. There's, there's other restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. or just stay at home with yeah. <laughs> the blinds closed and if you're and just shut gonna go up. You have to go to, to go into restaurants and give people shit. What
1: about you though, at a place like that, mm. the pressure on you personally or, or your own pressure you put on yourself must yeah. be pretty high. Yeah, really high. Yeah. So much pressure that you
0: stuff up more because of the pressure. Yeah. Um, was the
1: pressure from above you or was that self? Was that just you? Both, definitely. And I'm not saying um, you, I just mean people anyone who worked in a yeah.
0: venue like that. Uh, but it'd be it'd be both for sure. Yeah. For the first year of working there or well not year. I guess the first 6 months of working there learning the different sections and sort of understanding where I sort of f- fitted into the restaurant. I honestly thought every night I'd go home, and would be like, I don't know if I can keep really? doing this yep. because it was so hard. Like yep. The intensity was really high. It was really quick service for yep. the level of service we had to provide. Um, the section you looked after was quite big for a fine dining restaurant, and it was really difficult. Um, but then it was, I don't know. But we're
1: talking top 50 in the world.
0: <coughs> yeah. What, what? How high did that venue get? I think it got to, I think 22 was the highest it got, but it's saying it that top of 50 for four yeah. years or something. So
1: People just, are walking in, looking at you going,
0: it's better be good. It's better be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That must be, yeah, that must be full on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And it's having to deliver, living great service can be easy. If you're in the right environment, you got the support. When you, when you're in an environment where you don't have as much support because it's not many team members. Yeah. And it's really high intensity, fast paced environment. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, and it takes a long time to understand the dy- dynamics of that and be able to execute it every night, like five nights a week. Like you work full-time, yep. you work five nights a week, you do five services, you serve 62 people at every service, you have to deliver the same thing every time.
1: With a smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> and then really go home happy. and chill out. <laughs> what about that, I mean, that, um, you know, label of a, of a top venue or, or not even, you know, top 50, how heavy is the, the media – have an influence in in any venue, even the venues you're involved with now, which which are great.
0: Media is yeah, media is oh. huge, um, and whether that's talking about traditional media with newspapers, magazines, um, or talking about social media influencers, bloggers, whatever you want to call yeah. them, it's are they
1: are they a pain in the ass? Can <laughs> I say some, that?
0: Yeah, of course, some absolutely. Do you invite There's, them? No, we never. Don't, we don't do any free dinners or lunches or anything for no, social media. Because I've seen people visited.
1: in in venues, even in, you know, a breakfast venue. Yeah. Was, I saw a, a girl recently doing this whole thing and it was like, uh, oh, I ridiculous. hope you're making money out of that because seriously, like that's. No,
0: and, and people, what they will, they'll call themselves social media influencers. Influencers. They'll, um, they hit up the venue. It's usually the, okay. them hitting up the venue, not yeah, the other way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'll give this free breakfast for two people and I'll post you on my Blog and on my Instagram that has eight thousand followers, and yeah, this is the impact it will have. And I'm kind of on two fences, two sides of the fence for this. I absolutely believe in the power of what an influencer can bring to yep. not only a restaurant but any product or service in the world. Sure, um, because obviously they've got their f- that following, and yep. it's in my mind, it's just a focused audience, people that follow. A certain influencer, yeah, you can really hone in on what they like and what they don't like, yeah. So, from an advertising perspective, it's a dream. It's easy. It's it makes, free. It makes sense. Well, yeah. Um, but on the other side of the fence, where people are going out and asking for free meals to post on something that's yeah, not doesn't have a high following, doesn't make sense. I
1: just think more? in general, and I'm not a I'm not a <coughs> social media hater. It's got its place. Um, I just think people think you know. Things about like, or, or think their status is higher than it than than it is. I mean, when I think influencer, you think of oh, I think of the, the genuine, you know, multi million yeah, follower type. Yeah, someone who if came to me and said I got fifteen hundred followers, I'd go well, yeah,
0: yeah So, so, did, so is my dog. Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: like with all due respect. Yeah, um, that you, you must see plenty of them.
0: Yeah, huge and, and I'm
1: not, you know, obviously, I don't want you sounding, you're not a negative person, but no, I'm no. just saying, yeah, it must get to a point where you're like, you
0: know what, it's oh, cool. I, I control the social media accounts for the venues and I would say probably five times a week Amazing. on each account. Yeah. Someone hits us up and is like, hey, I have this many followers, can I get a free meal? I yeah. just I don't even bother anymore. Yeah. And there's a few people in, the, in real traditional media that are shining a light on this at the moment and – showing that it's all shit. Yep. And on as I said, on one hand, I think it is on on, on some, but then I think they're completely discounting the power of some of them. Yeah, sure. Oh, they, look, in, it's definitely in, a powerful platform. Yeah, huge. No doubt. And I think in the right hands, it can do incredible things for your yep. business. And if you, from a marketing standpoint, if you have a marketing team or person in across your venues or, or in whatever you're doing in a product or service, if you have a, a really focused... Um, plan to go out to these influencers, it can be really powerful
1: yeah who who's the um <coughs> before we wrap up the the media i suppose um platform or outlet that that are something that you know in the hospitality industry mm. that are the ones you go, if we get a good rap from them that's good is it a magazine uh, is it
0: there's a few now if you had have asked me maybe three years ago there'd be less yeah, but now it's getting. Getting really diluted because there is so many different okay. publications, blogs. Yeah, so magazines. it's all digital, predominantly it's all digital. Yep. predominantly. It used to sort of three, four years ago, or maybe a bit more now. Five years ago, I'd say, when you got reviewed in the Good Food Guide in yep. the Age, or the, in, it used to be called Epicure in the Age, every Tuesday. Yeah, if you were the review in there and you did reasonably well, you'd be booked out for weeks. Wow! It would be the sort of making or yeah, of yeah, your restaurant awesome. And I had friends open restaurants that got those reviews did really really well and it took off when that publication reviewed bar liberty three and a half years ago yep definitely got a little bit of uptake wasn't crazy but then broadsheet has become enormous right gourmet travelers right a huge one because i saw you in
1: something recently one of your venues in one of what was that it popped up on social media um recently. maybe it was just you I'm not sure
0: <laughs> um new york times enormous like Capitano was featured in the New York Times, which is probably the pinnacle wow. of food, wow. um, which is really cool. Yeah, um, Gourmet Traveler is enormous for Australia. Gourmet yep. Traveler I really like where they don't really give you, if you're in the magazine, they don't give you a rating, but yep. if you've made it to the magazine, it means you're doing something you Doing something good. right, yeah. Um, Broadsheet's a great way to be listed in different ways. So they'll, um, when you open something new, they'll constantly push your restaurant as, you know, this is what they've done. And again, Broadsheet and not um, a reviewing um, sort of media outlet. So they really just give you a snapshot of what's happening in that venue.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll have some links when I do eventually um, put these out there. Mm. Um, so we've spoken about Worksmith. Just a quick rundown of your two other venues or two or three. How many you got going?
0: Uh, so there's, there's <laughs> Worksmith. Um, there's Bar Liberty, which is my the first baby, yeah. uh, which opened three and a half years ago. Capitano, uh, St. Carlton which is nearly a year old uh, and we're Italian Italian. Thing. Yeah. Yep. We call it Italian ish, like Italian walks in there and they're like, this is not Italian food, but it, it is pizza and pasta, but how, how dare you. Yeah. How dare you, <laughs> how dare you? It's like, whatever. I don't really bar like. Liberty is more of a, the, the, the it's bar. A wine bar. Yep. Uh, one, one focus venue. We have an enormous wine list. Awesome. Um, it's, we, you know, we opened it as a bar, but we've become probably more casual restaurant than anything. Okay. Um, so there's, there's a lot of food, um, that, the, Goes on there as well. Yep, uh, and we're about to. The team behind those two venues are about to open a third venue, which is going to open in about three months. Which I can't say what it is. Okay, but it, it could be akin <laughs> to what's this space. It used to be akin to what you used to do. Oh, there you go. It's
1: the, That'll, that'll make listeners go back and go, yeah. what did you do? <laughs> you did nothing. <laughs> um, Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate your time. I know nice. you're not feeling 100%. No, all good. Thanks for having me here at Worksmith. What a great venue. Thank you. I'm not in the hospitality industry, so I got stared at as I walked in. Yeah. The- no, I didn't. You awesome.
0: Thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, mate. Cheers.